Okay, so you have to wear these. You'll hear what people are saying, and then you just talk into the mic when it's when you well, want. I'm not gonna say much because <laughs> no one wants to hear what I so would. So different have to than Emily. No, I'm not. <laughs> 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 like go all in. All right, we're going live in three, two, one. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Root Issues. Um, it's Luke here on the mic, not Chris. Chris is sadly not going to be able to join us today, but we do have some good news. We have uh, a special guest on, Alyssa's mother. Jane. Jane. Hello. Welcome, Jane. Thanks. She's fresh, to have you. fresh <laughs> off the plane from Michigan. Well, not really fresh. They've been yeah, here fresh. for a week. We've been but here. It seems like an eternity, but <laughs> it's just been like a week and a half, two weeks. Here Maybe. we are. And we have Steve and Alyssa here as well. Um, the conversation for today is going to be kind of just breaking down your sermon on experiencing the law of the spirit of life and kind of just um, the the life as a Christian with the spirit um, and not living in absence of the spirit and really just embracing it um, and, you know, not living stagnantly in Christ, but living with the spirit and growing in that. Um, and really the verses we're talking about are Romans 8, 1 through 2. So pretty short, but there is a lot in those verses. Um, which we're going to be breaking down. So um, I'm going to start us off with two questions, I think, and I'll give us each two minutes to answer it as the max. Um, We can go shorter if you want, but they're questions you ask the audience. um, And that is, what is a Christian and why are you a Christian or why are you not a Christian to some of the people in the audience? So um, I know who wants to start out, but I'm going to start two-minute timer and you guys can answer those as you We we each get two minutes or only get a two? Each get two minutes, Okay. Okay, so, what were the two questions again? What is a Christian, and why are you a Christian? Ooh. Yeah. So, Am I going first? You're going first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your time starts now. Okay, well, I've always thought someone who is a Christian obviously has accepted Jesus into their heart, but is living by faith. So I think that's more of the personal connection that I've always understood in being part of a Christian family um, and part of Christian churches is it's beyond just accepting Christ as your savior. It's like a daily refilling of reminding yourself of that. And I think that's where the gospel story uh, becomes applicable, you know, through just all circumstances. So figuring out what you're idolizing, it's not God. Um, and then choosing Christ um, every day. So, yeah, I think it's never something you're going to be, like, good or perfect at or be, like, you can always say, oh, I'm a Christian. But I think you're renewing that idea through your actions and through how you make decisions. Um, I think you talked about that on Sunday, like, the decision-making is spirit-led. So I think that's... Yeah, what separates Christianity from other things is it's like that partnering in your heart. Amazing. So it's more than just saying, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, or I believe in God. It's There's a lot of action behind it. Awesome. Jane, we'll have cool. you go next. Okay. Um, well, for my journey, I went to more of probably a secular church growing up, but I always felt this, like... Some call it predestination. I don't know if we want to get into that. That's a big, deep topic. But 
It's a good I topic. always, it's a good topic. Okay. So I always felt even from a young child that there was more to what I was being taught mm-hmm. maybe at the church I was and God just brought people. It, it's been unreal looking over my life. Um, just a lot of different friends, um, neighborhood kids that would invite me to go to Young Life or mm-hmm. to um, a vacation Bible school yeah. or whatever. And I accepted Jesus, you know, at a young age. And then the Lord just kept putting people in my life and he gave me a Christian husband and we raised three Christian women. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's that triple thing. It's the spirit, mm-hmm. God, just, mm-hmm. you know, everything together. And you just, it's just not one thing. But I definitely feel that you've got to lean into that spirit portion yeah. of it to make it. Real. Well, but I feel like you always instill the importance of having reverence for God and his control oh, and his creation. And then, um, yeah, the Jesus piece is like the personal relationship. The personal yeah. relationship, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Steve, we'll, we'll have you answer. What is a Christian and why are you a Christian? As a, as a pastor, it'll be pretty interesting yes. to get your perspective yeah, on that. What is a Christian? Well, I think all that is, is wonderful. Um, it's something we don't, we don't really think deeply enough about I think but um, what is a Christian if somebody asked me that um, just over coffee right now I I would say uh, building upon I think what Jane touched upon is a Christian is someone who has an encounter with Jesus a saving encounter um, as a Lord and Savior and who knows that they have been uh, redeemed as as an orphan lost person uh, into being a child adopted in the family of God, being a, a, a child of the Father, uh, and knows that both the Father and Jesus have, have poured out third person of the Spirit into their soul who is with them. They are now the temple of living God, and God is with them in a very special way. Oh, nice. And why are you a Christian? Oh, why am I a Christian? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, I've got so many things I want to say. But let me just say uh, <laughs> You got a minute. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, why am I a Christian? I'm a Christian because in my lostness, in my family's lostness, we thought we were believers. We were religious people going to a church that was not preaching the, the gospel. And God in his sovereignty, his predestination, his elections, I mean, his big words, he reached down, right, in his grace, his mercy, don't know why. And he, uh, when I was eight years old, he took me into a very vivid uh, experience of my eternal state, even as an eight-year-old, of, wow. of saved our entire family, uh, started with my mom and dad, and, um, and and awakened my eyes to the spiritual realm and to the need of a Savior, um, and it became very real. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. I haven't, I haven't fully heard that story before, so yeah. it'll be cool. Uh, for me, what is a Christian? I mean, I think you hit on the head for sure, but someone that has, I guess, encountered or found the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that... And there's people that call themselves Christians, and there's people that are Christians, so I think there's a big difference there, right? But um, why am I a Christian? Well, I, I guess I'll start with why I'm not a Christian. I mean, it's it's not because it's easier than being a Christian, potentially. Um, it's not because of my parents. I think originally that was what started yeah. me off on, but now it's turned into my own faith. Um, and it's not because I've heard like a big, booming voice and seen God standing in front of me in His glory, right? It's more of the the small feeling 
Mm-hmm. It's a small consistency through my life that I felt in my heart and my soul and my mind, I guess, of knowing what right and wrong is and why that's right and wrong and the the law and justice justice that morality's built on. Um, so yeah, and just like feeling peace and joy where a lot of times, I mean, it wouldn't be normal to feel peace and joy. Right. I think it's a big thing. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. So I think, yeah, that's that's why I'm a Christian. It's not, yeah, it's because I felt them and yeah. you can't deny yeah. feeling. And I think there's also a certain amount of almost factual things that's built on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just reading the word and seeing the accuracy of historical things and even scientific things sure. um, and have everything tied together, which is definitely strengthened that. So, yeah, that's why I'm a Christian. Mm, um, that's good. And I'm glad all in here. <laughs> It'd be interesting one day to have someone in here that's not, right, yeah. to see what they're, why they're not a Christian. But And Luke, don't you think that, that we need to recover the simplicity of engaging people, Christian and non-Christian, mm-hmm. with those two questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Rather than debating, and yeah. there's a place for that, but we need to just recover the the simplicity of engaging people mm-hmm. about what a Christian simply is and yeah. why I'm a Christian. Yeah. Let me tell you why I am, right? The testimony is so powerful. Yeah. It's like, that's a tool. And everybody has a testimony. You know, you hear from people out there, oh, my testimony not that big a deal. Is What I want to tell people is, what are you saying to Jesus? Mm. If you say your testimony is not that big of a deal, uh, then you maybe don't really understand the magnitude of what Jesus has done for you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Well, I think uh, so many times people that had Christian families or were raised that way, they'll just say like, oh, well, you know, I just have always gone to church. Um, yeah. But there's got to be somewhere along the way. As we know, it doesn't make anybody a No, right. right. You know? So it's like, think back. Like, there's got to be somewhere That's why this discussion is you. so powerful, right? Yeah. Is to flesh out for people. Wow, I've always, I, I talk to people, oh, I've kind of always been Christian. Well, no, you haven't. Well, that's, you know, so. I mean, we're from a really concert, like, there's a lot of Christian Church on every corner. Yeah, yeah, in West Michigan. And so I think so many people were just raised that way, so then they just continue on that way. And it gets to just walking with people to have to wrestle with that personally. Back to Mm -hmm. what Luke said is to own their own faith. Yeah. Because if somebody hasn't owned their own faith, then they're just living off somebody else's. That's not going to hold unless at some point some catalyst makes it very personal for them, right? Right. And this relates back to something you said in the sermon. Um, It's his name we should be known for. And giving testimony for. So when someone thinks of us, do they relate that to Jesus? Or do they just think of a guy in the world doing the thing, right? That's good. Um, but I think we'll start off with the with the with actual verse that we were, um, you know, <laughs> building all this off of, and that is Romans eight one through two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So. Break that down for us, Steve. What does what does that mean, and what does that all entail? I mean, there's so much there, but gosh, it, it, there's so much in those two verses. I, I I think I said on Sunday. I think uh, you know, there's different opinions theologically and everything. I do think this is the pinnacle of Paul's kind of the the crescendo of the book of Romans, uh, right? Justification by faith. This this new way of the Spirit that he's been breaking down from the beginning of of the. Uh, of Romans, and he's coming to this place. Do you know? Therefore, you know, uh, church believers, mm-hmm. do you understand? Because of this justification by faith, now this new thing through Jesus, um, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Which that kind of hits our culture because we're so anti-judgment, anti, you know, right, right. kind of we're we just like ah, you know, it's a massive deal. 
right? You're at peace with God. He deals with that in chapter 5, right? Because of that, you have been restored to right relationship. And, um, and he goes on deeper, right? For the law of the spirit of life oh, sets you free, right, from the law of sin and death. Well, what is that? This is not just some theological language that we, we believe. It's radically experiential. And for mm-hmm. Paul it was, and he expected it to be for everybody else. Well, the law of the spirit of life, um, we, we broke that down in a few different ways in here. Um, but, but ultimately, that's the core of this incredible before time we know of, is that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit had this promise, this agreement. Uh, Timothy and Titus talk about the promise of life within the tr- Trinity. Um, and Jesus kind of raised his hand as, as such to say, I'll go. I'll go. Mm-hmm. I, I will be right. The the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Right. Um, I'll be the one to go after them and, and redeem them, so we can have this eternal relationship. Because God did the crazy thing; He created us in His image with a real free will. Mm-hmm. Right. And so He yeah. knew we would rebel. And uh, but at the same time, He had the plan for our redemption. It's pretty awesome. The way to that statement. I oh. mean, I don't know if He said it in words, but just. Feeling that like ripple through the universe must be. A, I want to definitely see a replay of that in heaven for sure. <laughs> <laughs> ripple through the universe, uh, and that's again, I think a wonderful word. That's what he in chapter eight. Further, that's what he, right, he Paul. All he knows how to do that ripple is the groaning of creation from beginning of time. Right is is waiting for this this culmination of heaven and earth restored together again, yeah. and the groaning by the Spirit he talks about should be happening in us. Of come, Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. let's let's right let's uh, let's come to see this completion of, of sanctification. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the heartbeat of the Spirit of God that uh, that should resonate. It's the kindred Spirit that connects all the children of God. When you come together, there's mm-hmm. that common you know, chord frequency that you get on of a kindred spirit that you're like, yeah, we're, we're in unity. Yeah. We're, we, we're, we're, we're waiting on the Lord, right? Yeah. He's yeah. the one who, the uniting of the spirit. The spirit's the one who brings that unity. Now, listen, Jane, like the whole no condemnation thing, how have you got, do, have you guys ever had, like, feel like you struggle with that in your faith of like, I mean, it's a, it's a big statement. And like, I think a lot of people like struggle with that. Daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not, I think that's part of our life here mm. on this earth. Yeah, is that we have to struggle with that. Well, and I and think that that kind of makes you search deeper, mm-hmm. so that you can find the I don't know answers. What I don't not well, really. Well, I, I think mean, it's people who lack humility, maybe or yeah. um, well, it's no, it's it's the world saying you can do it on your oh, own. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you know, just self help. You're always talking about that. Yeah, you know, just if you do it in your mind and you think yeah. about where you manifest, everybody's yeah, yeah, manifesting. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. none of that is going to happen without the Lord. I don't care if you sit in a room and manifest for hours. It's not going <laughs> right. to happen without the Lord. Right. And so that condemnation, I don't know. Either. Yeah. Struggle. I mean, you might manifest without something. It's just not going to be of God, right? So it's not going to be a great God. thing. Without, you can't do anything without God. No. I don't believe, but that's me. At least it lasts with fruit for eternity. Exactly. That's right? lasting. Yeah, Jesus yeah. said, John 15, you can do nothing without me. Oh. Yeah. And on, then, our, on our own. On our own. Then there's the other side of that, I think, with Christians that settle with that statement. There's no condemnation. Oh, cool. Now we're set. Now we're mm. going to live life 
freely, right? Yeah, there's there's no penalty. Mm. What do you guys think about that as far as like, there's the side of worrying about, oh, there's no condemnation. What does that mean? Always searching and always, you know, trying to live a, a life of righteousness, which I think is the, the healthy way to pursue it. But then there's the other side of, okay, there's no condemnation. Let's, let's go live life. Like, what's the S, what's this, what's the, the start starting point of that, why that thought process starts and then why, you know, that sustains throughout their, their journey. Yeah. And you know, Paul deal, those, those are not new art. He deals mm-hmm. with those exact questions right <laughs> in this context. Cause those are the questions that would, they were getting. And, and so he's just, our, our goal is to apply the gospel, yes, live in it, I was gonna say apply that. it to our lives. And our tendencies are primarily to one to go right. And, and just stay in that condemnation and that guilt, mm-hmm. especially after we sin, rather than applying the gospel immediately, mm-hmm. getting forgiveness and being free. We just allow guilt, and if we stay in that place, it's going to send us in a spiral down, paralyzed, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is that we just, you know, cheap grace. We go the other way, and we don't take sin seriously anymore. And like you said, Luke, we, uh, we oh, okay, fine, I, I'm forgiven or whatever. I can, you know, show up at church, I'm good, or right. I can do some, you know, uh, and that's not applying. That's now I've just really. I think this of, is where discipleship really comes in, though, absolutely. because then it it's, it's like a support system around you, kind of helping you st- steer back to the middle you know like I know with Carson and I's marriage and relationship we we you know obviously are so honest with each other and it's not always great to hear but he can tell when I'm really swinging down you know into like the you know maybe I made a mistake in parenting yelled at the kids and I'm having a hard time you know getting out of that and I'm trying to justify it in my own way and then he'll come in and just be like Lisa we're gonna start over you know like you had a minute so I think without him pulling me back to the gospel, you know, like I'm forgiven, I can do better. God created me to be, you know, more peaceful and I have the loving fruit, you know, the fruits of the spirit in me. Um, but alone, it would just be really hard to <laughs> like remind yourself of those things. And then growing up too, my parents were always like, we still love you. God still loves you you know, it's going to be okay. How can we move on from this? And I just feel for people that don't have that reminder from coming from others of like, don't just get depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but it's not all hope is lost for someone. If they're listening right oh, now okay, and yeah. they feel like I am that person, she's saying, okay, well, we're here. Search us. Yeah. Come. We're yeah. happy to yeah. share our, you know, like. Yeah, it's good. Don't get stuck. And I no, know that's not happening for me. Yeah. And that stuckness is, you know, I think we said, you know, things tend to settle, right? Just in everything, right? Things tend to settle unless they're stirred. And you see all through the scripture, old and new, the idea of God stirring his people, God mm-hmm. stirring hearts, right? And we're to stir one another, Hebrews tells us, right? Um and uh, and that and if we're not, then we settle, and then we can go to that stuck place. And if we're not stirred up, right, then we can slide to one of these places, yeah. right, that we talked about, into guilt, right, into a darker place there. Or we can slide over to just kind of an apathetic approach to right. God and, and everything. Unless we're stirred, come back to the middle. The middle ground, this radical middle, is life in the Spirit. And this is what Paul, right, gives in great detail in the book of Rome and are in the rest of chapter eight. Yeah. I mean, in life in the spirit, you mentioned, um, are we aware of the, of his presence throughout the entire day? Or is it just, you know, certain times of going to church and all that thing. And I think 
I think it'd be cool for us to elaborate on like what what does life look like when you're aware of his presence throughout the day and not just when you're going to church or when you're listening to a worship song, but every decision, every moment of life, everything you see, I don't think any of us do this perfectly, but how how does that change life, essentially? It's great. I think it's easier um, in the good times, mm. you know, to be grateful and thankful for things. And then in the bad times when the kids aren't listening, when they're making a mess constantly, that's when it's harder to be like, you know, <laughs> so grateful, I guess. Um, that's that stirring. That's that stirring. But then I would say like in the bad times, that's when I tend to cry out more for the Lord. And then in the good times, I'm just not so in need of him. Mm -hmm. So that's not good either. It's hard to have a balance, you know, of just always the gratitude along with, uh, I need you Lord. When do you guys think it makes life more consistent as far as like, so if you have, if you're doing that, it obviously makes life more consistent, both good and bad. Yeah. And then I think the the mind-blowing thing is if you really apply that to life, there isn't that much bad stuff that can happen to you, I guess, right? Like, if I'm living life in communion with God through everything, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to what he's saying, I mean, physically bad things can happen to me, emotionally, like, seemingly bad things, but if you have God with you there all the time, that is a pretty beautiful way to live. Um but that, hard. And that's living with Romans 12, the renewed mind yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we have to be disciplined, right, to do that. Um, we, we have to be in, bathed in the Word of God, right, for me to know, right, to stand upon the promises mm-hmm. of God. I think that's uh, to know his heart, right, to know his promises for me uh, and, and to live in that with childlike faith. And this all comes back to this idea of faith being radical dependence on God, right? Uh, a denial of myself to follow Jesus is so it's just like a child. Like no one comes to the kingdom like a child. It's just every day. I'm, Lord, I'm dependent on you. Man, thank you for my very breath. Like you yeah. know when I'm going to even die, my last breath. And you gave me my first breath. And and I just want to be more and more in a God saturated perspective and world. Right. Um, and I think we learn to grow with a a filter right of the word of god rather than all the other noise so if i if i'm just listening to a bunch of noise uh, what we put in we comes out right so yeah there's a beautiful quote i just heard in a book and it's you don't need to learn how to amplify the sound of the spirit but how to quiet the sounds of the world and the flesh Ooh, that's good good. Um, real good because i think a lot of people always focus on okay how do i hear god louder but they're still living a life with so many distractions and so many temptations and so many things they're looking at and listening to. And so, Luke, what is the primary biblical story to to make that true? The like a as far as like a, a God's story voice, of a person, God's voice, not loud coming to us, but it comes as a whisper. Yeah, right. Yeah, not in the whirlwind, not in the earthquake, right? right? Yeah. Whether right. it was Elijah or others, mm-hmm. it's in the quiet. It was after all that hoopla, boom. God, it's the quiet. Mm-hmm. Or in a whale. Oh yeah, I was thinking <laughs> of Jonah. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to get real quiet. <laughs> but I so I guess what is the biggest um, hurdle for people to live a lifestyle we're talking about right now? I mean, I we all, I think we all struggle with that. But as far as like even stepping into that, what do you guys think is the biggest blockage in someone's life to step into living life? Oh, I just think it's the state of the world right now. <laughs> like it's so hard to look at anything and. Not be like, this is a disaster. Like, where are we headed? This yeah. is bad. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's crazy times we're living in. Yeah, Luke, maybe you maybe have the answer for this. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you've grown up with, now, uh, out. we all grew up without cell phones, without even laptops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We grew up in a world that we, we knew what kind of quiet was. It was mm-hmm. easy, but you haven't. Um, and, uh, yeah, so talk to us about that. What does that, that look like for a generation that, you know, has, has been birthed into a world that's just noise everywhere? Yeah. I think the world has always been and has been different levels of distraction and evil in the world, obviously. Um, so I don't necessarily think we're in this new era of, oh, it's so much harder now, but I think we are getting closer to the days, you know, of Noah. We are getting closer back to that. Um, it's not the first time it's happened, obviously. And I think just the landscape that my generation was born into, people always think we're so connected and we, there's so much to do and so many things to see when in reality what technology has done in many ways it's isolated us um, to a point where we hide behind our screens when we're in front of each other in real life we're scared to say certain things um, because we only see other people on on the screen saying we're just don't have our own opinions anymore Um, our opinions are created from the the time we're spent isolated which is watching other people isolated Mm -hmm. talking about what they think Um, so it's created a uh, like I guess this reality of there is no reality in a sense um, there's obviously many benefits to technology used in the right ways like us doing this right now wait I want to interrupt you because yeah. I don't want you to fly by you said yeah, two or three things huge. at the very beginning that I think you need to camp on because I think they're really I don't know if that was just off the cuff or whatever but the hide behind the screen the isolation there was one other there in the very beginning um, that's that's some meat, I think, yeah. for us all and f- to hold on to. That's really good. Yeah. I think when people were isolated without technology, it was them in an environment of nature or they were doing work. And so, you know, when when you when you spend time alone like that, in a way you grow closer to God. And if you're not growing closer to God, you're, you're growing close to your own thoughts and kind of learning who you are. But if you're alone with distraction, that leads to just being more distracted and not knowing who you are or who God is if you're not, you know, learning who he is in that and time. And when you say a loss of heart, yeah, mm-hmm. loss of soul. A loss of passion, a loss of mm-hmm. knowing what love is, a loss of yeah. a loss of adventure, a loss of, you know, pursuit of what is good and just conforming to what mediocrity and yeah. just, yeah. I thought I heard you good. say something, a loss of reality. Mm. That's that's for me when he said that that just went bing 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 in my head because there is a reality. There yeah. is truth. Yeah. There are both of those things and when you silence the noise and like you said maybe get in nature or you know whatever. Sorry. Or the book right in front of you. Yeah, the words of God. Yeah, you know, get right in here in this Bible um talk to God. It becomes you, real. Yeah. It becomes real. Mm. Becomes real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind of a, a lot of cliche topics and or uh, I guess mm. phrases, but it the, it's it's true. It's I think true. that's the sad reality of it. Um, reality. Yeah, it's true. So what? Maybe just in conclusion, what what uh, Luke just to continue on since you're on a roll here. <laughs> what uh, what solution? The solution. Yeah. yeah. I mean. The easy answer is discipleship, right? But how, I guess the the harder part is how do we 
initiate that discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get people undistracted and into reality <laughs> when everything's trying to get you out of reality? Um, and I think it's different for a lot of different people. Sometimes it needs a, a punch in the face and sometimes it's more mm-hmm. of a gentle tug over a certain amount of time. But I think what people are, especially my generation, and I've noticed this with even the stuff I share online, is people are very keen to listen to honesty. Mm-hmm. And they're very good these days with seeing something and knowing if it's disingenuous or fake. Now, that doesn't mean they see information and they know if it's true or wrong, but if they see someone sharing a story about themselves or sharing their life, it's very easy to spot if that person is living a life of genuineness and rea- like actual their reality or faking something, right? Yeah. So I think the most powerful thing that we can do to bring people back into reality is sharing our reality honestly. Yeah. Not sharing a reality of... It's curated. Curated, like, oh, look at me. I'm this perfect Christian that follows Jesus. My life is happy and perfect. Yeah. But the reality of, look, I follow Jesus, not because it's easy, but because it's harder. But I know mm-hmm. that it's true. And here's what I struggle with. And here's what I know to be true. And I love you. That's why I'm sharing this truth with you. Yeah. Because it is the love that makes us, you know, share with other people, not keep it to ourselves. Um, But the love is brutally honest and can uh, change up lifestyles quite a bit, which is scary to show people and tell people. But it's well, because nobody likes the stirrer. Like, I know when my mom's stirring or Carson's stirring, I don't like them. Wait. I'm like, don't be saying that to me (laughs) right now. I don't need to hear that. But I I always understand it is coming from a place of love, not judgment. It's, you know, to ultimately help me Mm. be the best that I can be. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. And that's, and back to discipleship, that's true discipleship is being stirred yeah stirring each other but also having somebody lead that right to follow jesus and to stir our soul yeah amazing well unless someone else has got something to say i think we'll uh kind of end it off here but i think just we'll end it off on living a blameless life with god is one of the most beautiful things i guess we could comprehend really is having Mm -hmm. a creator that made us um and that we can stand blamelessly in front of them. No, don't to be fear, wrath, or judgment, I guess. And I'd be no. free from all that yeah. because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter your generation. I even want that for my young kids, you know? Exactly. Well, with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Send us any questions or comments. And maybe if you're interested in being on one day, too, let us know. It's fun to have oh, yeah. random guests on. So let us know about that. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. to get below the surface